Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Car Wash, the podcast. This is the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly, yes, slightly better human being. But today, friends, I think we're going to make you more than just slightly better. Uh, I am your host, Matt DeWolf, editor-in-chief of Car Wash Magazine. And joining me today is New York Times bestselling author, Ben Nempton. Uh, he spends a lot of time traveling around speaking about things that we all need to be better at. And that is uh, making sure that we're taking time to give ourselves permission to achieve personal goals so that we can be better on our business side. So uh, without further ado, Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be here. Well, you probably heard this joke a million times, but I'm going to say it anyway. Clearly, it has to be on your bucket list to have been on this show. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> hey, I'm, part of my thing is like bad jokes. So there's, there's your bad joke for the day. Um, I love this topic. Um, I think that it's one of those things that we don't really give ourselves enough uh, freedom to explore. I think we all work really hard and we think that that's kind of like how we reach success. But you have a little bit different take. Can you kind of um, back up a little bit and kind of give us your ethos a little? Yeah. So, you know, I think that a lot of times we feel guilty focusing on ourselves, you know, especially if we have a lot of responsibilities, have a lot on our plate. If we're entrepreneurial, you know, we, we, we take care of other people. We, we run our business, we um, put other people first. And we think that it's a bit selfish to look after ourselves. And it's a bit selfish to pursue our personal ambitions outside of the workplace. Um, but what I've, what I've learned is actually not, it's actually not selfish, it's actually service. And when you put yourself first, you actually put yourself in a position to serve others better. And um, you allow yourself to be the best version of yourself. Therefore, you can lead and be a the professional, or, or, or continue to do your job at the highest level. And I and I think that sometimes that can feel uh, we can feel a little bit guilty for doing that. But what you do is re you recharge yourself so that you can be able to pursue, you know, and and basically you deploy that energy that you get from doing that in any aspect of your life. You know, I yeah, I mean, I think that's super important because I, I know personally, right, like I, when things get really busy, we, we're on a lot of deadlines, we're trying to crank crank out content. Sometimes, you know, the stress levels go up and the cortisol rises and and I know that I am not um, not being as graceful as maybe I should be, or I'm not being the, the, the right kind of leader that I need to be in that moment. And I find myself often reflecting, oh, like maybe don't respond to that email right now because what, what you're going to say is not going to be good. So um, I want to know, uh, and we're, we're going to get into this in this conversation. I want to know how in the heck I can uh, have less of those moments and more of the moments where I feel like we're just crushing it and everybody's happy and our team is great and I'm totally fulfilled in my life. So uh, we're going to start with, I think, a little bit of a um, a definition for folks around bucket lists. So a lot of times people think of a bucket list. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to climb Mount Everest. I'm going to, you know, go to the Galapagos islands. It's very action oriented. 
your take is not quite that. Can you can you define that for us? Yeah. So my definition of a bucket list is anything that's going to bring you joy and happiness and fulfillment. And so if you look at what a, a and I encourage people to write their list on a piece of paper, you know, a physical list, because um, well, there are a few reasons. I'll get into that in a second, but let's just sort of back up and look at the, you know, what is a bucket list? It's, it's, it's a list of all the things that are going to bring you that sense of fulfillment that will bring you back to your true self. Um, and what's so, if, if, if that's what a bucket list is, it's going to reflect all your hopes and dreams, big and small, then you need to think about your holistic life and all the goals that, that, that will reflect that. And so, as you said, usually we think bucket list, we think skydive, we think travel, and that is one of 10 categories of our life. And so I encourage people to look at all the different categories of your life. And so the 10 categories are, you know, you have adventure and travel, and that is one, but you also have, what are your mental health goals? You know, what are your physical health goals? What are your professional goals? What are your relationship goals? You know, you have to invest in relationships that you believe are important to you. That takes energy, that takes time. One of the top five regrets of the dying is I wish I would have stayed in contact with old friends. Well, that doesn't cost any money. You know, at what that means, is you have to be intentional about the time you spend with people. And so that should be something you should focus on and make sure that you are investing in the people that you really want to stay in, that you want in your life. Um, there's giving, right? How do you want to make an impact? material goals. It's okay to have material goals. You know, you want your dream watched. You want the house on the beach so you can host your grandkids, you know, um, intellectual, you know, what do you want to learn? Creative goals. I think creativity is an often overlooked pillar of wellness because when you're creative and you're doing things, um, that really are tapping into your, your, your true essence, right? Like, you know, that sort of, they talk about flow state when you're, playing sports or doing art or playing music, you sort of get into this state of, 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 of flow. And, and, and really what I think that is, is that's, that's your true self, right? So, I, and I think that's almost therapeutic when you do those things, you're able to express yourself in a very pure way. And, and I think it's truly important to take time to do those creative expressions um, because it allows you to be that, that version of yourself. So that's, that's another category. So there are all these categories of life that you want to think of, and it's not just big, you know, audacious goals. It's there's things like spending time alone, you know, spending quality time with your kids. Like, and so really what I like to do is think about, I like to think about my 90 year old self, right? And, and, okay. and, and I always check in with my 90 year old self and think and ask that 90 year old Ben, Am I going to be happy with the time I'm spending right now living for me? Because the truth is, and, and, and this is what really shocked me, and this is the reason why I speak now, is I read this study by a psychologist named Tom Gilovich, who's a professor at Cornell, who talked with all of these people on their deathbed. And he asked them one question. He said, what is your number one regret in your entire life? And 76% of the people that he asked had the exact same answer. And that was not living true to me. So living my life for other people or what I thought other people wanted for me. That was the, the number one regret. That's over three quarters of the population that will live their entire life and reach their deathbed and think, I blew it. Yeah, I, I didn't live the life that I wanted. And so using 
death as a reminder that you're not going to live forever, that your time is limited. Therefore, you have to continually reflect and make sure that you're on your true course and not unconsciously following what you think you should be doing or not even what other people think or are telling you what you should be doing, but just typically what the general public society thinks you should be doing. Um, and that's why this whole project, the, the basis of it, that the whole, the beginning is this was this question, what do you want to do before you die? Because for us, you know, we thought like, okay, why is it that when you have a near death experience or you, someone close to you dies, that, that, that you, that you shaken up so much that you're suddenly your perspective on life changes and you hear it all the time, you know, like after this person passed, everything changed. You know, I had this near death experience, everything changed. And yeah. my friend is his friend passed away in high school, you know, and, and, and that really shook him. And we thought, you know, we're not going to be here forever. And so what do we want to do with the time we have left? And that was the question we asked ourselves. And the answer to that question, there were a lot of answers. And that's how the bucket list formed. It was our answers to the question, what do you want to do before you die? So this is human nature. We will, we will continually push our personal goals because life gets in the way. And it's funny, this whole, this project was actually named after a poem written a hundred, over 150 years ago. And this poem was written by an old poet named Matthew Arnold. It's called The Buried Life. And this poem talked about this exact same thing, that like we have all these things that we want to do, but we haven't done them because they're buried by the day-to-day. And we have moments when we're inspired, but the day-to-day buries them. And then we get inspired, but then the day-to-day buries them. And we push our personal passions and goals. So this has been happening for hundreds of years. So once we realized that we're not the first people to feel like this, we thought, okay, we're going to call this project, this documentary that we're going to do, we're going to call it The Buried Life. And um, we set out to tackle our bucket list and help other people, not realizing in that moment in 2006, when we started this, this project, that it was going to, you know, this two week road trip was going to last over 10 years (laughs) and (laughs) that it was going to lead us to this pretty important journey of understanding that geez, why, why are, why are most people not pursuing these goals? Why, why do, why, why do most people have these regrets? And so I, I grew this, like this passion for trying to figure out, you know, why don't people do these things? And, and, yeah. and really it just boils down to three things that, 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 that are, you know, come out of the, the research that this, the psychologist did that we can talk about, but, but basically that's my definition of a bucket list is anything that's going to bring you joy and happiness. So, you know, one of the things that was interesting as you were telling that story about um, the study and sitting on the deathbed and using death as a reminder, something that always comes up for me is, you know, you, somebody passes away and everybody has all these great things to say about that person. Their life was well lived. They did all these great things. They were such a great X, Y, Z. But I always go back to thinking, well, why didn't we say that when they were alive? Right. And we're really bad at that. And that's one of those things that like, if I'm putting this down on my list of things that I need to be better at, it's like, 
appreciating people and telling them what I think about them on the positive side, because I think that it, they never got to hear it. And that's unfortunate. And that's kind of, that's kind of depressing. I was getting goosebumps as you were talking about it. Cause I was thinking about that and uh, it was, it was making me think, Oh, well, there's, there's one of the things I need to write down on my list. So um, that's, so that's, that's one of the top five regrets of the dying, you know? So I have this, uh, so my new book is called the bucket list journal. And it's basically a tool to help you not have those regrets, right? Like we need to, we need to, um, from a high level, you know, we have three problems with our personal goals. There's no deadlines, but we have deadlines for everything else in our life, which means we yeah. need to create accountability around our personal goals. The second is usually with these personal goals, we're waiting to feel inspired to go after them or we're waiting for the right time. And that inspiration never comes and the right time never comes. So we need yeah. to create our own inspiration by taking action because you create your own momentum. You create your own inspiration through action. And the third is we need to move through fear, right? The fear of what other people think or the fear of failure. And that's the biggest barrier. But, you know, and we can talk about those, but just to your point of like telling people how you really feel. So this, these, these are the, this is the bucket list journal. This, this is the top five regrets of the dying. And one of the regrets is I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Right. And the, mm -hmm. and so what, what that comes down to is telling people how you really feel. And I feel the same way. I think it's tragic that we we have this beautiful expression uh, and celebration of this person and they're not there, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that that's why I love, you know, toasts at weddings. You know, I love speeches at birthdays because it's an opportunity to express how you feel about someone and to to tell them how much they mean to you. And by the way, all these regrets don't have anything to do with money. <laughs> yeah. And you notice that at, at, when, when there's a eulogy, people don't say, oh, John Smith, he had a lot of money. Man, did he ever make a ton of money? What a guy. He was a millionaire. Great work, John. You know, like it's, that, it's the first, and this is what I talked about. I wish I'd had the courage to live a, a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Yeah. That's the biggest regret. And, and so that happens, you know, unconsciously because we, we sometimes don't even realize that we're living for other people, which is why it's so important to stop and reflect and write your list because it forces you to slow down and think about what's important to you. The second, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the opposite of, <laughs> of, of, of making money. Number three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Number four, I wish I I'd stayed in touch with my friends. And the fifth is I wish I had let myself be happier, which is a, which is a more of a complex solution. But I think what that comes back to is following your list, doing those things that you know you love that you know are going to be bringing you that sense of, of fulfillment and prioritizing those and not letting those things get pushed by the day to day. And, and so that means creating accountability, which means you write your list because then all of a sudden your dreams, your goals aren't thoughts. They're real. You have a reminder. That's why you talk about your list and you share them because then you feel accountable to the people you share them with. If I tell you, 
yeah, I'm, 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 I'm writing my next book. It's going to be out in 2023. And then we set a podcast in six months and you say, how's the book coming? And I think, damn, I better start writing that book. <laughs> right? So you, when you share your goals, that builds accountability. If you want to increase your chances by 77%, you have someone checking in with you down the line. You have an accountability buddy, okay. right? And you think about it, accountability really works. Think about all the accountability structures we have in our professional lives. That's why we have leaders. They keep mm -hmm. us accountable, right? They meet with us once a month, once a week, check in. That's why we have a salary that keeps us accountable. That's why we, like, we don't want to look bad. That keeps us accountable. So you can you can take this thing that 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 can actually be a, uh, a, a, a almost a weakness. This this you know I, I we care so much about what other people think. This is the the fear of what other people think. That's what stops us, and that's not going to go away. But you can use that to your favor when you when you share your goals with someone. Then that actually works on your side because then you're like, oh, this person knows that I want to do this. I better do it because I don't want to look bad. Right. And that's sort of what pushes us in the professional setting is sometimes that that fear of, oh, I don't want to let people down. I don't want to look bad. I said I was going to do this. I have to do it. And so we need to set up those same structures of accountability around these personal goals, which is why you want to write your list, you know, with your partner, you know, or your family yeah. or have these conversations with the people that you care about, because one it starts this dialogue, which is important, right? What's important? What, what do we really want to achieve here? Um, and two, you when by sharing them, then these people know that this is important to you. So if you go to your leader or you know your 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 team or your family or whatever, and you say, "Oh, I gotta I gotta leave early. I have improv," and they think, "Well, I know that you know." This is important to you because you've told me one of your goals is to do stand up. Yeah, go. You know, if you don't share that, then they're like, sorry, you got, you know, I, there's no context for them to understand that, that why you're doing this and they're not going to versus supporting you. So the, this, this whole idea has a very powerful, um, can have a, a, a very powerful impact in the work environment as well. Right. And I think for those that, you know, own their own car wash and are, are, and are leading teams, this, this, I just think we have to do more than we used to do as leaders in investing in our, in our teams, especially with the, the troubles we're having with workforce and especially yeah. with the, the troubles that we're, that we're, that, you know, that, that, that we're having with um, trying to connect in meaningful ways. Um, you know, the labor shortage, competition, COVID guidelines, all of these stressors that, that you're, facing, um, if you were able to take a, a small amount of interest in your in, in employees' personal passions, doesn't mean you have to help them fulfill them, doesn't mean that you have to pay for those, those goals to come to fruition, but just by asking them shows that you care about them as a human being. And I think that regardless of what level the employee is, you know, by having that empathy that 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 interest in them as a person and not just caring about their performance but also caring about how they're doing or what they're they're how to help them find purpose in their life you know 
um, I think is 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 really the key to keep people and also to um, build a culture that that people feel like they can be the truest version of themselves. And it's, it's I think especially with with younger folks, that's what they they want. They want to work in this environment that allows them to be that expression. Yeah, I think that, I think that's super important, and I think that it bears out in everything in the car wash industry in terms of. Uh, when when you talk to people who have been in the industry for a long time and they're with these highly successful organizations and you ask them, you know, wh- why have you stayed? It comes back to that human connection. It's because somebody took an interest in them. And guess what? That means not only did they stay there longer, they performed at a higher level and they had an impact on the lives of others in your organization that made your organization better. So I think that that's a huge, huge piece of just um, creating those relationships and having that human connection with one another. Super powerful stuff. Um, I want to come back to uh, goals because this is one of those things that like, you know, somewhere along the line in school, we do goal setting exercises and we learn how to make goals and follow them and all the specifics around them. And then I think that for a lot of us, we sort of like stop doing that Um, and we stop like being really intentional about that. So can you talk a little bit about how we can use um, how we can use goals and some of the some of that really fundamental stuff? to help make sure that on the personal side, on these, these lists that we're going to write down, how we can make sure that, that we you know have deadlines and check in on them and actually do them. Yeah, no, I, I it's true. And I think I like the, the word that you use intentional. Cause I think that, um, that is the, the is the key is, is living with intention. And I think mm-hmm. that to live with intention for me is having the awareness and the intent to, pursue the things that you know are important to you. So first you have to identify what those things are. And that's why writing a list is, is important because you're um, putting yourself in a position where you're almost forcing yourself to, to think in a quiet space, what do, what do I want? What's important to me? And, um, and, and there's no rules with a, with a bucket list, right? The only rule is that it's important to you. So you, you really have to be selfish. And that's the point. And so I think the, the first thing is to, is to take some quiet time to, to write your list, you know, and, and I, I always tell people, imagine you have $10 million in your bank, you know, imagine you have the ability to do anything. What would you do? Who would you help? And, and that's the, the blank canvas. There's no, there, there's no barriers. And that's what we did when we wrote our list. We, that was, those were the two rules. You had to pretend you had $10 million and you had to pretend that you could do anything. So we put the most ridiculous list items, go to space, make a TV show, pay off our parents' mortgage, have a beer with Prince Harry, sit with Oprah, make the cover Rolling Stone, you know, and this whole journey was a two week road trip where we, where we board an RV, we bought a camera on eBay. We hit the road for two weeks out of Victoria, BC in Canada we decided that we're going to cross things off our list and we're also going to help other people achieve their bucket list items. And we're going to make a documentary. We're going to show it to our friends. and It'll be cool. It'll be fun. And, and that'll be it. Then people started to hear about it and they wanted to help. So we got strangers sending us emails being like, oh, I can help you cross off, ride a bull. I can help you cross off, get up in a hot air balloon. I can cross, help you cross off, make a toast to strangers wedding. And then they sent us their <laughs> dreams asking for our help. So we got inundated with hundreds and hundreds of dreams. And then it was 
national news. Then it was news around the world. And then we thought, geez, we got to keep doing this. So we did it the next summer. And then cut to, you know, years later when we just kept doing it, those list items that we wrote, wrote down that we thought were impossible over time, they started to come off the list. That's how, so we, we made the TV show. We sat with Oprah. We played basketball with Obama. You know, all these things that we thought were completely unattainable, we proved to ourselves that they were possible. And then we realized that actually when we helped other people achieve their dreams, it actually meant more than fulfilling those bucket list items that we had that were the big ticket items. And so it all started with writing it down. It all started with being intentional yeah. about, okay, let's decide what we want to do and let's just make it happen. Let's just, who cares if we don't achieve it? Let's just try. And, and we completely surprised ourselves. And so I think that, you know, the steps are, are important. The first is, is, is to write your list. And that's why, you know, I mentioned the bucket list journal, but this is my new book and effectively this is the tool to, to achieve your goals. I think, I mean, I, I, I believe that you need to write your list in a place that you cherish, that you want yes. to come back to and update. And, you know, it's a safe place for your dreams to live and also where you can track them. Um, and so with the journal, you write your list in 10 categories. As I said, all those goals, categories, those different buckets, you, you write your goals and then you start to build those structures of accountability. You set a deadline for every goal. You set a reward, right? Cause you want to reward yourself. Wow. If you, you know, if you go to the gym and at the end of the, and when you, when you work out, if you reward yourself with something that you love, like a, a really good smoothie or a meal or something that you look forward to that, that's going to help. That's going to help you go to the gym. You want to set, choose your accountability buddy. If you train for a marathon with someone else, you're going to have a higher chance of, of actually coming through and, and, and running the marathon. You're going to identify why it's important to you, um, what your fears are. And, and so, you know, when you, when the, the steps that I think is, is you write your list, you share your list, and um, you identify what the fears are. You know, what are, what are the real risks? Not necessarily what the fear of what other people think or the fear of failure, um, what is really at risk? And, and, and sometimes it's, it's our egos. Sometimes it's our feelings and sometimes it is real risk. Like our financial stability is at risk. So that's important to understand the well being of our health or families. That's, those are real risks. But the thing about, you know, the fear of what other people think that dates back to when we were hunter gatherers. And if we did something that when we were living in tribes and we did something that, um, the the tribe deemed unacceptable we got kicked out of the tribe and we we couldn't survive without the tribe so the fear yeah. of what other people think thought back then was was made a lot of sense that that was your livelihood that almost meant certain death nowadays it, it's it's not but we still keep that fear and the truth is when it comes to the fear about what other people think people just aren't thinking about you as much as you think they are <laughs> right Right. 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 They don't, they don't care. They yeah, don't care. They're, they're, they have their own lives. They're busy worried about what other people think about them all the time. <laughs> and they're more supportive than you think. So sometimes yeah. it's, it's more of a made up fear. And, um, and the fear of failure is, is also a very common fear. But if you're afraid to go after your goal or you're just waiting for the right time, unfortunately you failed. 
right? You didn't achieve your goal. So at least when you try and you fail, what you learn from that outweighs any potential hit to your, to your reputation. And I think it's important to understand that, you know, talking about this awareness that these fears don't go away. You know, these are taxes you have to pay to achieve your goals. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable with that, with that fear or that discomfort of pushing yourself into a position that you're, that you've never been before. That's going to make, give you that sense of, of I'm being vulnerable right now. And that means you're growing and that means that you're evolving. And, and so this, this fear is, I've realized it's not going anywhere. So I need to embrace it and also understand that this, so if you think about like public speaking is a big fear for people, right? Jerry Seinfeld talks about it's the number one fear that people have. Therefore, you know, at a funeral, they would rather be in the casket than doing the eulogy, right? Like the, the fear of death is less than the fear of public speaking, which is, you know, it's, it, I, I public speak for a living and I still get nervous. But what I've realized is that nervousness and anxiety, that feeling is very close to the feeling of excitement. Excitement and nervousness are very similar. And so when I'm nervous, I think, wow, I must be excited. Yeah. And I can shift that nervousness into excitement just by being aware that this is something that uh, it means this is a big deal, right? This is, this is, this means something to me. Therefore I need to prepare, you know, yeah. and do what I need to do to make sure that I'm in the best position to succeed and also understand that these nerves will be there regardless. And that part of it is excitement. Part of it is nervousness and anxiety. And that's okay. That just means that this is a, a big moment for me. I love that. I mean, there's so much, so much to unpack in this, but I think one of the most probably helpful things for folks who might be listening to this is, um, start with doing the thing. I mean, I, and I think that the, the bucket list journal is a great tool to help people get through this because for, for me, it's like, I can write it on a notepad, um, or I can write it on a napkin. I, I think those are great places for like, initial ideas. But I think ultimately, like you said, you want to put it in a place that's important to you. And I think that uh, in the car wash industry, especially, it's a very process driven, create something that's repeatable, right? Use a framework. This is a framework, right? And you can just, you can fill out the book, you can work through it. It, it'll make it easier. I think for you to say, you know what, I need to spend a couple hours on with this book and open it up and like write my stuff in it, as opposed to, I'm going to sit down with a blank sheet of paper in front of me and try to make you know, a list. Right. I think, I think that's a a, a big differentiator. Exactly. And I think that the thing that I, you know, it took me a long time to put this together because I was trying to figure out what it was going to be because I didn't want it to just be blank pages for your list. You know, (laughs) I wanted, I wanted to be part book, part tool, you know? And so the first part of the book is, um, the purpose of the, of the journal. Yeah. And the purpose is that most people die regretting the things they didn't do. You don't want to die regretting the things you didn't do. And so this is a tool that has helped. This is a process that has helped me live with intention. And so let's, let's learn about what these things are. So, you know, when I tell my story, my list is in here, you know, I've crossed off 96 of a hundred of those original dreams. 
and through the process, I've learned a lot. And so, you know, you learn why we put off our list. Why is it important? What are the regrets people have? You know, what are the do's and don'ts of writing a bucket list? Right. You don't, you know, you want to attach a timeline and uh, a deadline. You want to define your goal so that it's, it's not just live healthier. It's like you need to write your list in a way that you know when you cross it off, right? I want to walk three times per week, you know? Um, so it's not get in shape. It's run five miles twice a week, right? It's not prioritize love. It's go on one new date per month. You know, it's not yeah. travel more. It's visit three new countries this year. So you want to be specific. You want to be affirmative and say, I will, instead of I tr- I'll try, and you want to focus on actions and then you start to do the process, which is like, first things first, let's write your list in the 10 categories and then let's start to, to track. And I think that this, the idea of having your list in a place that you can come back to is important because you want to prove to yourself that you've achieved things that you thought were unachievable. And that's what will happen. If you have your list for a while, you're going to look back and think, oh, wow, look, like, I wrote that down three years ago. I never thought it would happen. Look, it happened. Uh, that's wild. I, I didn't think I, I was able, I was going to be able to do that. And I did that. So you want to celebrate those achievements and you also want to prove to yourself that these things are possible. And, and, and sometimes um, your list is not sometimes actually always your list is going to evolve. So you want to come back to your list and change it, take things off that you don't want you know, evolve your list as you evolve and grow. Cause of course, as you grow and change, your list is going to change. You know, the list that I started when I was 22 is not the same list now, right? I don't want to streak a field and try and get away with it anymore. You know, I don't want to try and survive on a deserted Island or, you know, ask out Megan Fox. <laughs> so these dreams will, 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 will reflect who you are in, in any given moment. So you want to be able to adjust and, 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 and change it accordingly. Ben, I got to ask you, you said 96 out of 100. What are the four? The <laughs> four, the four are, <laughs> yeah. uh, the big one is go to space, which is number 100. Okay. I was going to say, did you go to space? That, that, that one's cool. Yeah. I haven't done, I haven't done it yet, but I am working towards it. That's sort of the one that I'm actively pursuing. And um, I've been working with this company Worldview that is sending uh, these capsules up to space with a big helium balloon that you go up to the edge of the, of, of space and eight people can fit. And so they're now, um, set to go up in 2024. So that is, is, is something that I'm focused on. Um, I spoke, I actually, I, I joked about this before, but I spoke on a panel about the democratization of space travel at South by (laughs) Southwest this year. Uh, I moderated the panel. I had no business being on the panel. Uh, (laughs) but it was with the CEO of worldview, the head of space for humanity, the head of the commercial space federation and talking about how it's not just billionaires that, that can go to space, you know, and and very soon there's going to be this, this massive democratization of the ability of allowing people to, to go to space, which is really exciting for those that, you know, are interested. But also I think that the bigger idea is this, this ripple effect that is created when you do, when you go to space, you, you talk, you have astronauts talk about this experience of the overview effect of feeling this, this connection to the earth, this oneness with, you know, with, with this humans, um, and, 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 and earth and mother nature and 
protecting the earth. And so I think that that is going to have a cool ripple effect for people that go up and experience this and come back and have this affinity towards, you know, preserving. I don't think it's about escaping earth. It's about yeah, no. preserving, you know, it's not like trying to escape and go to Mars and set up a new colony there. I think it's about um, appreciating what we have. Yeah. It's perspective, right? I mean, so many times when you're too close to a thing, you can't see how great it is. So you gotta, you gotta get a bigger perspective. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Ben, I, I don't want to eat up your entire day because I would love to have you help me make my life better. <laughs> you know, one conversation at a time here, but um, I, I, I want to leave with one last question. I like to ask a lot of people this question. Uh, I have a feeling I know your answer here, but um, if there's one thing that I could do today to make me better tomorrow, what would that one thing be? What's the, what's the advice from um, the venerable Ben Nempton? I know that you, you probably think I'm going to say, write your list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, which I won't answer with that because I sneakily already answered that. Yeah. Yeah. There it was. Yeah. Now you get two answers. <laughs> yeah. So my real answer is, uh, is, um, is, is help make someone else's day, you know, give, give to someone, someone else, because the, I think that's the, one of the best ways to help yourself is to give to others. And I, you know, learned that through this project of doing something on our list and helping other people. That was always part of the DNA of, of the, of the buried life. And, um, and I think that this idea of when you help someone, you don't just help that person, you help the people around them. So you, so you, you, you help their family and their, the people they come into contact with and, that creates this ripple effect that you don't really know how far that will go, but it's, it's very real. It's sort of why they say kindness is contagious. And so uh, I think that's a, a powerful idea. And so whether it's within your teams or out in the world, you know, this, every action has a reaction. So you can create positive or negative reactions through your, through your daily micro interactions. And so each helping hand, each gen, gen, action of, of, of kindness or generosity or gratitude create this ripple. And so um, that is something that I think gives a lot back to you. And you, you know, especially if you feel stuck, one of the best things you can do is help someone else um, because you stop thinking about how bad you feel because <laughs> your brain right. can't think about two things at once. So you help someone else and then you also build a connection with them. So that would be my answer is, is, is give. I love that. I love the answer. Help, help make somebody else's day. Super, super impactful. Well, uh, Ben, I'm going to let you get back to it, but, um, if somebody wants to go buy, uh, the bucket list journal, they go to bucketlistjournal.com. Is that correct? No, bucketlistjournal.co. There you go. Yeah. It should be.com, but I haven't been yeah. able to get that yet. <laughs> oh, you gotta, you gotta get a better negotiator. Right? I know. Yeah. I know. No. <laughs> so it's right now it's bucketlistjournal.co.co, but the easiest, probably the easiest way is to go to my website, bennempton.com and click on the book tab and you'll find it right there. Um, and yeah, and, and excellent. Yeah. Use that code live 22 L I V E 22 for free shipping. That's the code that I give out when I'm speaking. So I'll, I'll mention that in the, in the keynote at, at the car wash show, but if you don't get that or you aren't there, you can use that to skip the, the cost of shipping. Excellent. Excellent. Every little bit helps. If you all are listening to this, 
and you want to get more great stories, more great inspiration, and just find ways that you can be a slightly better human being and a better car washer, uh, you can do that at carwashthepodcast.com, or you can get additional stories at carwashmagazine.com. And friends, when you're out there, there's just one thing you've got to do, and that is keep it clean. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.